This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. And uh, we are back uh, for part two of an interview with Frank Khalil, our Regional Director in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So welcome back, Frank. Thanks for having me. And we got to hear your story on the last broadcast and, and a little bit how you came into Influencers and even came got called to go full-time with influencers and uh, demonstrate personal abandonment and absolute trust. So so that was how many years ago, Frank? Six years Six ago? Six years ago. Six yeah. years ago. So so first, give us a little update on what's what's been happening in the last six years in Tulsa. Just a little, just let people know what, what's going on in Tulsa with, with influencers. Well, um, as you know, Brian, and, and that, that's, I, I can speak for all of this ministry, um, we've learned through the years that... Um, you know, one of the key things that we really focus on um, as influencers is our leadership, you know, meaning our facilitators, our guides, right? Whichever area you're in, you call them different things. But we understand um, that um, in order for us to continue to be healthy um, and reproduce the fruit that Jesus talks about in John 15, um, that those who are um, are impacted by this ministry, those who have gone through the journey who have allowed that head knowledge they've, that they've embraced to go 12 inches to their heart and their hearts be transformed, that first and foremost, um, you know, we challenge them as they go through this process that they need to be about their first ministry, which is their home, right? Um, we know how much the home is being challenged today, um, not only in America, but around the world, really. Um, so it's amazing to see you know, guys uh, go through this process and understand that, you know, we're not twisting anybody's arm and saying, hey, go and reproduce a journey group, although we want that. But we are truly helping them understand that um, experiencing this journey process is all about embracing an abiding relationship, that close proximity with the Father. And I love this picture that Rocky helped me understand many years ago, and that is when you look at that ladder illustration and enlightened of God knows, carries, willing, is able, and then you begin to understand abiding. If you take that ladder and at the top you put you and me, right, abiding, we are at the foot of the cross. That's where we challenge men to be, first and foremost. And then if you take a step down from there, and then it's you and I nurturing and protecting, I love those two words, our spouses, mm. our marriage covenant. And then you take another step down from there, and it's us nurturing and protecting our children, right? Training our children in the ways of the Lord, mm-hmm. so when they grow, they don't depart from it. Mm-hmm. And and really, um, this is what I've been seeing happening in Tulsa. As men are doing that, everything else falls into its place, mm. according to God's will. So uh, the next part of that step of, from that is, um, as men are launching in women and are launching journey groups, um, we're seeing healthy guides leading these journey groups in a healthy way, beginning with them and their mm-hmm. faith walk, mm-hmm. right? As, as we, we, we learn through guide training in our conversations that um, it's so critical that you and I are in a healthy place in our abiding walk with Christ mm. before we lead. 
mm-hmm. right? Because we get to be the servant leader. Well, it starts with us, right? The only difference between you and I as we lead a group is we get to go first. Mm-hmm. We're still participants. We're still going through the process. That's We're right. still growing and learning with these guys. So um, in Tulsa, we continue to see that happen in a really big way. Um and that's you know, been that's been your like your number one focus, yes. right? Is is yes. developing guides and, yes. and really pouring into those guys. Yes. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if we focus on the guys that say yes, I'm all in, then um what I've focused on, and that's been what God has put in my heart, you know, for the Tulsa area. And I want to encourage everybody else out there the same way, and you do that all the time. Mm-hmm. And that is love on those guides, right? Nurture and protect them because a healthy leader creates a healthy environment, and we can't stop the fruit, mm. right? It's a grace-driven, Holy Spirit-led process. We can't stop the fruit that will come from that. But we as leaders have to be healthy. So as I speak about healthy leadership, um, that's the greatest thing I can talk about in Tulsa is we have an amazing healthy leadership uh, pool of men and women now that are really embracing this process, and they believe in how it changes lives, it changes families, it changes marriages, you know, and it's changing the body of Christ. I mean, you know, in the last five, six years, we've gone from a half a dozen churches that were really using the journey when you were in Tulsa as part of something that they presented to their men mm-hmm. to we're close to 30 churches now in the Tulsa area that are, I mean, have embraced us. Mm. And it's, it is the tool they use for discipleship, period. And by the way, it's not just for men. Right. You know, the women are embracing it. And as you guys know, um, I mean, I've led four journey groups with high schoolers, mm. seniors in high school. And I've seen the same transformation as these young men are going off to the lion's den, college. And now we're, I'm watching them share their faith and even begin journey groups within the college campus. Mm. And all of that has begun because of healthy leadership. Um, and prison prison ministry has developed, right? Absolutely. Tell, talk about that for a second. Oh, and that's an amazing story. As you guys know, you know, one of our dear friends, Mike Lemery, you know, I vividly remember having a cup of coffee with Mike several years ago as he has had just sold his company because of God calling him to launch a ministry that birthed from him going through your journey group. Mm-hmm. You know, through the darkest hour of his life and losing his son, mm-hmm. you are special. And, you know, I remember vividly having conversations with Mike about, you know, uh, Frank, uh, how do I use this in the prison? I mean, it may take two years to walk a guy through a glass. And my encouragement to him was, well, so what? Mm-hmm. One Sunday at a time, one session at a time, half a session at a time. Who knows what God will do with that? And, you know, and that's exactly what Mike has done. And the fruit that's come from that, Brian, is incredible. Mm. As a matter of fact, um, you know, we have a journey group now in Tulsa of a young man who, because of Mike, have come out and been through the journey, who's now leading a journey group of all guys who've come out of prison. And his heart mission, his name is Matthew Jackson. His heart mission is to break the chains and the cycle of men, which is an astronomical number. 70, 80 percent of men that go to prison go right back. His calling because of this is to help men not go back to prison. Mm. And the way he's doing it is to is in discipling them through this journey process. 
Mm. And they're right in the middle of it right now. And it's incredible to see. Um, you know, it's incredible to see the fact that I've had the privilege, really the humble privilege to help launch that group. And I won't forget a couple of months ago, sitting in the living room, you know, with 10 guys that once upon a time, I was the guy sending them there. Mm. I never envisioned such a thing. As a matter of fact, I would tell you, if you have asked me, Frank, go sit in the room with 10 guys or just come out of prison, I would have told you, not doing it. Mm. You know, I'm not doing it. They it's might, not a good place for me. They might remember you from another life. Right? You just don't know. Yeah. So, um, wow, only God can do that. Yeah. So we're watching God do through your special, uh, these transitional homes that, you know, their focus in these transitional homes that these men come out is we're helping them get jobs. We're helping them have a place to live. And part of living in that house is they are being discipled through the journey. Mm. And I can't imagine what God's going to do with that. Not just in Tulsa. I know this is going to root itself into other places. Um, so as a whole in Tulsa, I mean, we're, we're seeing healthy groups just organically reproduce. Um, we're seeing more churches embrace this. And, you know, we've talked about this, too. Every year for the last four years now, I always pray, as we always do, I pray for God to send them in. I don't, there's not a strategy or a plan or, you know, nitpicking who it is. I just simply pray for you guys out there listening to this. When you're trying to figure out how to launch your group, just simply pray, Lord, send them in. He will put the names of men in your heart. That's right. Whether they're the guy next to you at the pew or the guy next to you in your office or the neighbor next door or the guy you met at your kid's soccer game. Or I, I, the guy that mows your lawn. I, I don't know. But God will put that man in your heart, his name in your heart. Don't be afraid to reach out to that man and hand him a book and simply say, hey, read this and come to, you know, a few sessions to talk about it. And, and you know, and, and it's not it's not necessarily the guy that's just like lost and, you know, the or a guy living under a bridge. It's the guy sitting next to you in church. Yes. You know, just a just a regular guy who looks like he's got it all together. Yes. But if you probably, you know, if you really looked inside, he's probably dying inside. Yes. So open your eyes to the harvest field right yes. around you. Yeah. I mean, we see through the journey, right? Uh, I mean, yes, we could say, you know, um, majority, I would say 95 plus percent of guys are saying yes to go to commit and go through this process. They're believers, right? And quote, Christians. Right. But they soon learn. I mean, I, you know, I'm in a journey group right now with a lot of millennials and, you know, there's several guys in the group that when I asked the simple question about, have you crossed the bridge? Mm -hmm. Right. Such a simple analogy of salvation, right? Crossing the moat into the castle. Um, don't assume that every man in the room has crossed that bridge. Right, right. Because I have firsthand have seen through my groups men that have been in church for 30 years that when they really hit the pause button and thought about what does that really look like for the first time in their life, they recognize that, you know what? I've not made Jesus Lord of my life. Mm. And guess what, guys? You get an opportunity, a front row seat as we talk about to see a man truly come to salvation and understanding what Christ has done for them on the cross. Mm. I mean, it, it, we can't make light of this. I mean, this is serious stuff, oh, yeah. right? I mean, discipleship is messy. Mm -hmm. And guys, God has given us a tool through this journey that 
we should not make light of this. I mean, this is not another Bible study or program. Mm -hmm. And look, I don't say this and you don't say it boastfully because we're better than anybody else. It is simply a tool that God has given to us. And we know, we know because of what we're seeing God do through it, Mm -hmm. that it is anointed. God's hand is all over it. And we know this because of the fruit that we see happening that only God could create. I mean, we, we can't make this stuff up, right? As as our buddy Mike Gooding says yeah. so often in California, we can't make this stuff up. Mm-hmm. You really can't. You know, and I agree with you. Most of the guys are believers, but I don't know how many guys are followers that right. I've led through when they started the journey. They're, they're over the bridge, but they're sitting over there around the table of sweets. You know, they're not at the banquet table. They're not, they're, they're not moving toward intimacy with Christ yet. But again, God uses it, though, to really. That's why we see all this transformation, you know. You know, the word abide is a big deal for all of us. And But, but you come to Tulsa and you'll hear guys all the time talk about the word abide. Because, look, if you simply look at the core scripture for this ministry and who we are, John 15, mm-hmm. that entire chapter. You know, if you look at John 15, 5, which is so dear to all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Where Jesus himself said it to his disciples. If you abide in me, if you remain in me, I will remain in you and you will bear fruit. Okay. Not might, not maybe, not sometimes. No, you will bear fruit. Mm-hmm. But then we can't forget the second part of that scripture, that apart from me, you can do absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that really hit me early on the first time I went through this process was, why would the God in the universe, in the flesh, really the only place in scripture that 11 times he says, abide, remain, You know, I think of my earthly father who, you know, he only had to say it once because by the time the second time he said it, you're getting a whipping. Mm. Well, here's the Lord himself saying, abide, Mm. abide, Mm -hmm. abide. We probably should pay attention to that. Oh, yeah. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing happen, not just in Tulsa, but also all across the nation is when guys are truly embracing what this is all about, which is helping men come in close proximity to the Lord himself through that abiding relationship, which is through the word of God. Mm. We cannot stop the fruit. And that's the fruit we're seeing happening all through Tulsa and Oklahoma City and the surrounding area. We're seeing real fruit. Mm. Um, And guys, the fruit we talk about, as you know, you know, it's the word speaks of it in Galatians 5. I mean, it's, you know, guys for the first time are looking in the mirror and they're seeing for the first time in their life. Self-control, love, patience, kindness. Mm. They're seeing that fruit oozing out of themselves. They're starting to look more like Jesus. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, part of the part of the road to that abiding or, or part of that journey to abiding is, you know, Rocky Talk. One of the most profound things for me is talking about this concept that, you know, if you if there's sin in your life, God's got to intervene and discipline you to get rid of that sin. If if there's not sin and you're bearing some fruit, he's got to uh, prune you to get rid of more of that self or whatever it is that's getting in the way of even a more of a bountiful harvest. And then Rocky introduced a third level called sifting. Mm-hmm. You know, when Peter, you know, Peter was told by Jesus, Satan's asked me to sift you like wheat, you know. So when you turn back, go encourage your brothers. And Rocky said sifting is even a deeper level, and it usually is for those who God's calling to a greater ministry. And Frank, I know you, I feel like you have been sifted. I think, you know, even before, before you took the the calling, I, maybe before the, the trip when you got the, 
the call from Rocky at, at a place where you shouldn't have gotten the call. Uh, you went through a major trial with mm-hmm. a, a lawsuit with one of your Pikes partners and all that. Mm-hmm. And then even of late, you've been going through some health stuff. So would you talk a little bit about sifting and, and what you've been through and, and maybe what God's showing you about yourself even? You know, um, that is so true, what you just said. And it's so true. I mean, I, I remember vividly, you know, so often Rocky talking about, you know, the, the really the differences between pruning, you know, um, discipline and pruning, which we talk much about that through the journey, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's sifting. Uh, Brian, to be honest, I, as I've watched others be sifted, you know, primarily as we talk about Rocky and a lot of the health things that he's dealt with. I mean, the pain that he's been through for 20 plus years and 20 semi surgeries, um, it kind of gives me a little bit of a the picture of Job. Mm. You know, Job's friends kept saying to him, really? Because they they figured there's something wrong with him. And Job was like, look, <laughs> really? Really? And you know what? It was God was just doing something in Job's life. Mm. And sifting is a much deeper place. And you're right. Um, you know, um, in Tulsa, again, you know, uh, we talk much about, I mean, it's like textbook. As we launch journey groups, we always tell guys, look, um, putting on the seatbelt is not enough. Uh, as a guy who spent some time in a helicopter, you have to put on the harness and strap on. And, you know, when you make this commitment to walk in an abiding relationship and grow closer in an intimate relationship with the Father, um, the evil one knows how dangerous you're about to become. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally... What we're seeing happening here is we're becoming the Navy SEALs for what God is doing with this tool mm. in making disciples. And, you know, Navy SEALs, man, uh, they're trained and they're ready. I mean, there's nothing they're not sent into. They're the first ones. They're prepared. They're trained well and they know the battleground. Right? They don't just go to battle. They know the battleground. Mm-hmm. They understand the strategies. They understand the evil one and his tactics. But how do they do that? Well, it's because they know they've been prepared. Intense training. Intense training. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes, um, I've definitely been disciplined. You know, and it's very clear that my discipline time is, you know, usually the dumb choices. Right. Uh, we all mess up and we fall short and we know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've definitely been pruned, but the hope that I have in me in going through pruning is because of my understanding of the Word of God through this process, which is I know God wants me to bear more fruit. Yeah, it's good news if you're being pruned, right? <laughs> yes, it's painful, but it's still good news. That's right. But sifting here lately has been really challenging for me because I thought, really, God? I mean, how much more can I do for you? And he has taught me so much that it's not what you can do for me, Frank. It's what I'm going to continue to do through you, but I need you to continue to be faithful. Mm. You know, I wrote a journal just not long ago. Um, I've been having some health challenges. You know, I've been having some challenges where I've been through so many exams and tests and even been to Mayo and they can't find anything wrong with me. And I've, as I sit here with you today, you know, as I told you yesterday, um, I don't even want to come out because I've got this constant pain in my chest that feels like a 24-7 heart attack. Mm. And I can't understand it. Um, uh, 
I've spent much time in tears going, Lord, what are you teaching me through this? Mm. But he's given me a scripture that helps me understand sifting, and it's Galatians 5. Um, or I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians 5, mm-hmm. verse 16, 17, and 18. And it clearly says in verse 16, Frank, rejoice always. In verse 17, it says, pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Let me just stop there. You're you're not going to rejoice always, and you're not going to stay, pray without ceasing if you're not in an abiding relationship. Mm-hmm. You're not, especially when you're going through a trial, especially when you're going through pain. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not connected to divine, you're not. You're going to look for another way. Mm-hmm. But he continues to tell me to rejoice always and to pray without ceasing. And then verse 18, he says... In all circumstances, give thanks. Mm. And listen to this part. For this is the will of the Father for you in Christ Jesus. Mm. This is the will of the Father for you in Christ Jesus. So, you know, in this trial and pain, I'm to rejoice. I'm to pray without ceasing. And in this current circumstance, I'm to give thanks. Mm. Because this is God's will for me. Well, I've got to sit here and go, well, why is that? Well, God is doing something. I believe that. I really do. I believe that. And, you know, would I be telling you that two years ago, three years ago, five years ago? No way. And I think that is birthed within my soul because of being sifted. Mm. Um, you know, the lens, you know, the, the, that's the new set of eyes that he's given me. It's like he, I'm having cardiac surgery again. Mm, mm. he's really giving me a a different picture of what he's doing um, not only through this ministry but through my family and through those who are coming alongside of us Mm -hmm. right who are you know who are um, because of their love for Christ are answering the call um, and the invitation if you will Mm. To step out just like we've stepped out to say, you know what? I'm going to go be about my father's business mm. because we live in such a dark place. And, you know, it's not it's getting darker. Mm. Right. There is a sense of urgency right now. Mm. And God is raising up his mighty warriors mm. to go and charge the hills. And as you and I always talk about, you know, Joshua and Caleb, mm-hmm. you know, Caleb was 90, man, and he was still charging the hills. That's and, right. you know. There is a profound uh, word there that you've shared with me years ago where you said, you know, I feel like we're Joshua and Caleb. And mm-hmm. for the longest time, I kind of laughed, like, what are you talking about? But, you know, as I've been going through these trials and tribulation through my health, and I'm beginning to see how much more God is really, perhaps there is truly a Caleb in me. Mm-hmm. Because even though I'm hurting and I got this thing going on, I'm charging the hills. Right. For God's glory. And I can tell you, there is no way I could be doing this if it wasn't through the power of the Holy Spirit and God who resides and remains in me. There's mm. no way. Mm. There's no way. If you call Julie right now and said, how does Frank get up every morning and go? And she will tell you, I'm amazed, mm. but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit and what God is doing through him and in him. Mm. So sifting really takes you to a different place. And, you know, I don't... I will, Initially would say, I don't wish that upon anybody. But then there's a part of me that says, you know, um, if sniffing comes upon you, 
rejoice always. Mm-hmm. Pray without ceasing and give thanks in that circumstance because that's God's will for you. Mm-hmm. And I know you're being sifted right now in many different ways that's in right. your life. That's right. That's right. And God is doing something in you and preparing you for greater thanks. Well, I, I, he's kind of made it clear to me if we're going to lead a ministry that that calls men to personal abandonment and absolute trust, we better be the real deal. We better be living it ourselves. So he's making sure of that, you know, whatever he's got to use, you know, whether it's a physical pain, maybe it's financial pain, you know, whatever it is, you know. And, and but, you know, Joshua and Caleb, they were the guys that, you know, out of all the spies, everybody else came back shaking in their boots and and making up stories because they were afraid. And Joshua and Caleb were not afraid. They had bigger faith in God. Their, their faith in God was bigger than their fear, you know, and God had rewarded that. And I think God's going to reward us for just staying faithful through through whatever, you know. Well, um, I'll say this, um, you know, back to the Navy SEALs that God is raising up through influencers, men who are truly influencing their sphere of influence. Um, you know, um, I think I got a nickname back in California years ago from our brothers there, and that was uh, Dangerous for Christ. Mm. You know, we are men that when we rise up in the morning and the devil sees us coming, he knows we are dangerous for the glory of God, and he runs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of men we are raising up and discipling them and falling in love with Jesus more and more Mm. through this abiding process. We are men who are dangerous for the cause of Christ. Mm. And you know there is a cost, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, there is. You know, I love what we read through that shepherd's look in Psalms 23. I shared with you on the call the other day. You know, the number one attitude there is that um, if we really want to know what the love of Christ looks like as he showed us by dying on the cross for us, mm. that that way of living is when you and I deliberately intentionally do something for God or others where it cost us something. Mm. We're showing the true love of Christ to our brother and sister. Mm. Well, how often do we deliberately take action and do something where it cost us something? Mm. I mean, we live in such a land of milk and honey, mm-hmm. of abundance, right? Yeah, that's right? In Scripture, over and over again, we're challenged to give out of our circumstances and challenges where it cost us something. Mm-hmm. Get out, give out a sacrifice. And, and we're talking about, you know, in all aspects of our stewardship, our time, our talent, our resources. Mm-hmm. Through our pain, we're called to give even when it's tough. And, and so um, when you're being sifted, you know, you're really being challenged to Love like Jesus. Yeah. And right. and right. I can sit here today before God and everyone that listens to this that, um, no, I will always fall short of God's glory. But I know that I know through the life verse that he has given me, by the way, which is James 1, verses 2, 3, and 4. You know, consider it joy, my brother, whenever you experience various trials and tribulation. Mm. You can't stop at verse 2. Mm. And I did stop there at one time, and it really frustrated me because I'm thinking, what? God, you want me to be joyful? Mm. Well, okay, if it's by my choice, then okay, it's my fault, right? I'm okay with it. Well, what do you, you don't have anything to do with it, which is kind of what sifting has become for me. I mean, I have no control of what's going on here. Mm. 
but be joyful. But if you read on the verse three and four, it says what it's doing. It's in a way sifting you. It's building endurance, depending on which version you look at, creating endurance, perseverance, making you complete, lacking nothing Mm. in Christ Jesus. It's testing your faith to the umph degree. I mean, I've never been through Navy SEAL training, but I, I would guess that it's pretty painful. They put them through a lot of pain, more than they think they could bear, right? Yep. Uh, yep. For, for why? So that when they're in the day of battle, they can stand, you know, and, they, and they're and they ready, you know. Yep. So we got to believe that. There's some parallels there, don't you think? Yeah. Well, we, we've got to trust. Do we really, you know, it all comes down to trust, right? Do we truly abandon and trust him for who he says he is? Right. And, and you know, I think the trials of life, you know, the the... The disciplining that we go through, the pruning that we go through, which all comes through forms of trials and tribulation, right? Mm-hmm. You, you let you know find the man, mighty man of God through Scripture that was a pretty boy that didn't go through trials and tribulation. I haven't found one yet. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No way. But it's through that that we become who He wants us to become, and His plan will be fulfilled. Yeah. But we've got to abide. We've got to stay connected to the vine, right. even when it's difficult. So I'm, you know. Um, as difficult as it may be for me physically to keep going right now, um, my faith is stronger than it's ever been. Mm, mm. Um, you know, my body may not be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I may get tired a little sooner than I'm used to. Yeah. But my faith is stronger than it's ever been. And I, I can't deny that. I really mm, can't deny mm. that. And I think those around me can see that. Mm. Um, and most importantly, my first ministry sees that, and that's my bride and my children. Mm, mm. You know, they see that. Um, it's pretty evident they see that. Mm. And I'm grateful. I'm really grateful for this time yeah. and this season. Wow. Well, you know, one of the, I think one of the benefits of someone going through a trial is that it gives all of the us around you an opportunity to pray for you. Yes. So I want to close out this podcast just praying for you, Frank, okay. and, uh, and, and enjoy inviting the thousands of people out there who might be listening to be praying for you right in this moment or when they listen to this podcast. You know, it may go on for years, yes. right? The prayers for you. And but God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it's all one time continuum of, of yes. this prayer for Frank. So so let me pray. Uh, and I lay a hand on, on my brother Frank. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for my, my brother Caleb, <laughs> for Frank Khalil, for calling him into this ministry, for creating him, for sending him to this country, for setting him apart, calling him by name, anointing him to be your missionary to Tulsa and beyond, to Brazil, other places, Lord. And I believe you've only begun the work you're going to do through Frank. I think it's just the beginning, Father. And Lord, uh, all of us who love Frank, Lord, we want you to give him relief from this pain. We want you to heal his body. And Lord, you tell us we can ask for anything. Even James, uh, in James 5, you tell us, pray for the sick, you know, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. So, so Lord, I know I don't want to get in the way of what you're doing in Frank and the great things you're doing in the sifting, but Lord, me and all the brothers and sisters out there, we, we care for Frank. We ask you to heal him. We ask you to make him well. We ask you to give him relief from pain, and we just ask you to just continue to to use him in a mighty way for your kingdom, Father, and uh, give him vision for the future. Give him give him dreams and and visions and and blessings, Father. And so, in all of that, I say your will be done. But bless my brother Frank in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.
All right. Well, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. This has been a, a two-part interview with our regional director from Tulsa, Frank Khalil. So I hope hope you got to hear part one and part two. And again, I will remind you that uh, you know to be part of our generosity challenge, which we're doing right now, and especially if you live in Tulsa, uh, if you if you uh, make a financial contribution investment in Influencers Global Ministries, uh, half of your contribution will go back to support Frank and, and his ministry there in Tulsa. Uh, we're a nonprofit ministry, so we count on uh, all of you who've been touched by this ministry who donate back to to support the needs of the ministry. And Frank Frank uh, needs the help from the guys in Tulsa to to rally around him to support all the things he wants to do in Tulsa. So, uh, and also uh, last thing I wanted to remind you of is that Rocky's new book Abide is available, which has been uh, much anticipated. It's uh, it's a new book about uh, discipline and pruning and sifting and all the things we talked about today. And you'll get to hear Gabe uh, teach about those things. So it's, it's a really cool new book available on our on our website now at www.influencers.org and go to store and you can find that. So anyway, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. I'm Brian Craig, encouraging you to keep abiding in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you today.